Jordan, reporter with the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. We're joined in the studio today by Melissa Lelon, the Chief Executive Director and Founder of the Arkansas Coalition of the Marshallese, Nelson Peacock, President and CEO of the Northwest Arkansas Council, and Allison Esposito, Executive Director of a Regional Arts Services Organization launched by the Northwest Arkansas Council. Thank you everybody for joining us here today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Great to be here. Thank you. I'm really excited about today's podcast as it's the first in a series of podcasts that will be featured online for the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette concerning topics of diversity and how change is being affected through art. Today's podcast will examine Northwest Arkansas's growing Marshallese population as well as how art can be valuable for shaping the region and its economy. Melissa, why don't we start today by you telling us a little bit about the Arkansas Coalition for the Marshallese and how it's serving the region's population. Yeah, uh, yeah. So Arkansas Coalition of Marshallese was founded in 2011, but really started kicking off in 2015 when we received our first grant. Um, and that was through the, the work of uh, UAMS, our partnership with them, when they first got the diabetes prevention uh, program funded. Um, so the, the organization is really designed to provide leadership, um, basically um, education, uh, health, and focus on, on, on health issues, and also how do we, you know, uh, address racial um, equity opportunities that, that we could actually bring to the Marshallese community, uh, i.e. things like uh, the thing that we're really focusing on right now is asset development uh, programs. You know, how do we empower this? particular community that is very uh, well underserved. Okay, thank yeah. you for that. Nelson, what can you tell us about the work of the Northwest Arkansas Council? Well, so the Northwest Arkansas Council is a nonprofit that was started back in the early 90s, really uh, business focused, focus started by Sam Walton and Don Tyson and J.B. Hunt to focus on uh, big uh, uh, initiatives, the large initiatives uh, that would help their businesses uh, to grow and to thrive. and. Uh, uh, and they also wanted to make sure that all the smaller towns, which they're not so small anymore, but back then they're half the size, uh, work together uh, for common objectives. And so those, those, the original project was the airport. Uh, they came together to get the now national, the Arkansas National Airport um, uh, established and done. And then we, we kept, we've kept a focus on highways and infrastructure. And then about 10 years ago, moved into economic development, workforce development, and really focusing on these key areas uh, that are going to to help the region. And, and more recently, we have decided uh, to take a focus on arts and culture uh, as an economic driver and also our diversity, equity, and inclusion work because we believe those are key uh, to our economic growth going forward. Awesome. Thanks for doing that work. I appreciate it. I'm sure we all do. Um, Allison, what's the role of the arts service organization? I understand it's as yet unnamed. Yep, still working on the name, but um, in 2015, a national consulting body that's pretty well recognized named Wolf Brown came down um, on behalf of the Walton Family Foundation to assess the region's arts and culture sort of vitality and to understand its ecosystem and what was at the table and what wasn't and what was missing. And the big recommendation coming out of that report was that there needed to be a, a central third-party intermediary to bring together the business community, the funding community, and the arts community, and to really elevate um, all different layers of the arts community, create visibility um, for the grassroots arts initiatives that are happening here and are really strong and amazing, um, help to be an intermediary funder of efforts that 
Um, we're a little bit beneath the radar and be a supporter of artists and the nonprofit sector. So I've been here since August 1st, and we're very much in a startup mode, and I'm happy to be incubated at the Northwest Arkansas Council because this is the first real regional look that we've taken here um, at arts and culture and what it and what we can do to further it. Oh, fabulous. And welcome to Northwest Arkansas. Thank you. So, Melissa, uh, the Marshallese population is about twelve to 14,000 strong in the region. Where are they primarily settling at? Uh, here in Northwest Arkansas, and there is a, a, a great reason why uh, Marshallese find Northwest Arkansas as a perfect spot, a perfect location to for that settlement, is because Northwest Arkansas, as, as we all know, is growing. Uh, it has had um, a large diversity right now. Uh, it's very, uh, for the most part, welcoming to, to immigrant com uh, communities, including the Marshallese. Uh, and a Marshallese person can actually come to Northwest Arkansas and go find a job um, as, you know, as soon as they land and, and get hired immediately. You know, you have uh, Tyson's, you have uh, George's, you have Cargill, and, you know, I think, um, you know, the, the poultry industry is a very, for our uh, people, is, 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 is one of the attractions that we have in this, in this um, uh, area. So we find it very easy to come in and get a, a job and then find an apartment, uh, you know, with, with a very affordable rate that you can pay. Okay. And a lot of the population is in Springdale, is it not? Yes, a lot of the um, the concentration, the largest concentration is in Springdale. It's actually on the west side of Springdale, which is where I'm at. I'm very proud of it. And I think, um, and that's where all the churches are at, are located, is, is many of the churches are in the west side of Springdale. Um, again, you have the, you have uh, MI there, you have everything that's, that's very close to you. And, um, you know, JTL Shop, the Jones Center, and, and, and those uh, main attractions that are really uh, available as resources to, to serve this uh, community. Okay, and I just want to get a little bit more background from you on one more thing. Can you tell me a little bit about the relationship that exists between the United yeah. States and the Republic of the Marshall Islands that is that is leading so many people from the Marshall yeah. Islands to actually relocate in the United States? Yeah, so so the United States and the Republic of the Marshall Islands has uh, created this, this treaty, some sort of treaty called Compact of Free Association. In that treaty it says, uh, Marshallese uh, can come in and out of the United States without no restrictions. Um, and they can actually come here, live, uh, find a job, live here, and, and get education here, and live here forever uh, with no limitation at all. That's, that's really great, but at the same time, with that particular, uh, uh, particular status of being a non-immigrant, they're called a lawful resident. Um, so with that, it's very vague. Uh, so there are things that uh, Marshallese, uh, pro especially programs, because they all pay taxes just like anyone else. They pay into programs, but there are a lot of other things that they don't have access to, sure. including things like the, the Medicaid. Um, mm -hmm. And that's include, you know, that's both at the federal level and the state level. Up until 2018, uh, the go governor, Asa, was able to sign a resolution that really extended out um, the ARCIDS, and this is the children um, Medicaid program at the state level, uh, to Marshallese children. So that's, we're seeing changes um, as far as policy, uh, but there are also need to, we, we've done good, but there's still need to be a lot of work, um, certainly, that uh, we need to, we need to do in 
need to need that attention. Yeah. yeah. And why was the compact formed? Uh, when was it formed? What, no, why? Why was it formed? It was actually formed. Um, many people believe, and, and this is what experts are saying, it was formed after the uh, U.S. Uh, U.S. United States actually used the Marshallese uh, atolls lands for nuclear uh, nuclear testing, and the United States actually utilized uh, that land for 12 years. Uh, one of the one of the strongest. Um, um, a bomb that was detonated. It was the uh, the Bravo, uh, Bravo, uh, which is a uh, hydrogen uh, weapon that was detonated on Bikini Atoll, and uh, it's about one thousand times stronger than what was um, uh, what was dropped on Hiroshima. Um, it's actually a nuclear thermonuclear weapon that was uh, tested, and so imagine, you know, something that as dropped at these teeny islands. And really, uh, never been introduced uh, to the general population, um, you know, anywhere. So, yeah, that's a that's been a challenge that we're seeing. Is is not people? Not too many people understand that relationship and that status, and and sometimes they don't because they don't know. It's really hard to to figure out um, what what Marshallese uh, are, and you know, those those particular special relationship that they have with the United States. Well, thanks for yeah. filling this in, yeah, making us a little bit smarter on that. <laughs> All right, Nelson, so what's the value of having, you know, such diversity in the region, and how does it benefit the region as a whole? Well, I think, um, and Melissa touched on this just a moment, I mean, our diversity is growing uh, significantly. So if you were um, if you were here in the early 90s, uh, 96% of the population was white. Uh, now, today, um, nearly one-third are from underrepresented minority uh, groups, and so... Uh, the diversity is changing. Diversity is growing. Uh, I think the important part for us in Northwest Arkansas, and what we're working on, is making sure that we're inclusive. Uh, how do we uh, use um, uh, diversity? See, diversity as a strength, not a weakness. How do we bring everyone uh, an opportunity to share and contribute uh, in the economy, in the culture, and social aspects of here in Northwest Arkansas? That's really what we're focusing on. We do know that diverse communities are the most uh, attractive uh, to younger uh, younger workers, millennials, and others. So when you look at from a talent uh, attraction, recruitment, and retention aspect, uh, it's very important to have this diverse, uh, inclusive um, uh, region. And so you know that's kind of what we are we are working on from that aspect. And we also know that that having diverse point of views, whether it's gender, race, uh, makes everyone a little bit more creative. You have different uh, uh, diversity of thought in business and community. And so all of these things go together to make a more rich uh, and vibrant community. Okay. And then, Allison, how does that same level of diversity benefit the arts community in the region? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I would start by saying um, that my definition of the arts is the broadest possible definition, um, which, you know, includes performing arts and visual arts and tattoo artists and culinary and fashion and all kinds of things, but also very much includes culturally specific and traditional art forms um, that are so incredibly rich and that are very present here. Um, so we are very lucky to have populations like the Marshallese and a significant Latinx population bringing traditions from other places here and continuing those traditions on. And part of my work will be to help support, um, you know, building more resources and more visibility for those really interesting traditions. Um, I think, you know, multiculturalism is 
what makes urban areas in our country interesting. And we are at a precipice here in Northwest Arkansas of really recognizing that. We have wonderful arts institutions that are um, you know, leading by um, having diverse leadership and bringing, you know, increasingly diverse perspectives to our region. Um, but there's also really diverse perspectives and diverse art forms happening at all levels of the ecosystem. And so, um, you know, I think it'll be very important to highlight all of those, both from the artists and the institutions' point of view. I think in general, diversity in art is a way of allowing us to understand another's perspective or values or lived experience um, without having to talk most of the time. And so I, I think there's a ton of value in us sitting in rooms together, having experiences together where we're understanding where each other are coming from. Yeah, and, and you highlighted a little bit, of, you mentioned, I should say, cultural traditions. Melissa, this is indeed a podcast about art, um, so we'd be remiss if we didn't discuss Marshallese concept of art. As I understand it, they have a somewhat different definition of art than we do traditionally here in the United States. Very, very different. Uh, growing up and remembering going to school and hearing the word arts, uh, in because you know, we got to remember that the second language that's been taught at home is English. We have Marshallese in English. In fact, everything is written in English back home. Even the court, you know, the court documents and 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 birth certificates, uh, they're also written in English. Um, so the only art that we're we don't deem our tradition stuffs like the handicrafts and the canoes as arts. Um, I understood the word arts, and when you define, when Mar when a Marshallese define the word arts, you actually, you, you're, you mean drawing, the actual drawing of something, because going to school, that's what it was you know, art class, and we knew it was going to be drawing. <laughs> it was never uh, anything else. They, they had other things, you know, um, they had handicrafts um, uh, classes, but, you know, they never identified those as art. So, yeah. Uh, so when you say the, the word art, in, in a Marshallese mind, their thinking is actually drawing. Now, that's changing because we're now seeing the younger generation whom were born to Marshallese parents that are into the you know arts and now they're understanding what that is. But if you speak to 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 their parent, they will be thinking that you're talking about an actual drawing. Yeah. And you're referring to Marshallese uh, children who are born to Marshallese people that are now residents of the United yes. States. Okay, and awesome. U.S. citizens. Yeah, yeah. All right. And then what about Marshallese handicrafts? I understand that there's a lot of creative mm -hmm. expression there. Can you tell me a little about a bit about those? Yeah. So if if you, when, when we did uh, Stroll the Atolls in uh, this year, uh, July of this year, and we had different types of handicrafts that were displayed. Uh, but a lot of our handicrafts, if you look at most of them, they, it, there is a, a language there. It's, it's almost like an expression that is not spoken. Uh, you see, see uh, seafood. You see, it's like the sea, sea life that they're, uh, these ladies are making. They can make uh, turtles. That's very common because see anything that is that was really our uh, refrigerator. Refrigerator was the was the was the sea, and um, so people make that expression of of living to me, living off the ocean, uh, sea life. Um, and you also have things that are very uh, properties of of our culture. Things like the the whoop, which is the lay, mm -hmm. and uh, whenever you're welcoming someone. You, you kind of put the lay on their head or around their neck and, uh, and things like that. Also, uh, canoe. 
Canoe was really the the blood to to us it was the bloodline of 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 our lives. Uh, remember back in the days when um, things were all scattered with this mass ocean. You know, how did they go from here to here to to uh, to find food or for their survival um, skill that they needed? They they actually used the the canoe to travel from in this massive uh, ocean. Mm. So yeah. Um, so it's a very, very rich culture of, of handicrafts and, you know, performance. Uh, Marshallese are very good singers. Uh, we've seen it uh, recently with Mark Harmony. Mark Harmony, uh, there are four Marshallese young men that, that goes around and, 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 and sing. And, and they get their talents, uh, whether it's uh, something they get inherited from, from family or whether it's something that they practice through, through church. We have over 35 churches in, in Northwest Arkansas, and these churches, they're very festive. Uh, Christmas, uh, we, we like to sing, we like to perform, so it's a very, very festive culture, along with those handicrafts and, and things like that. Well, it sounds wonderful. Um, as I understand it, though, a lot of the natural resources that would be carved or woven to create those handica- handicrafts aren't readily available here in Northwest Arkansas. How's that kind of affected some of the Marshallese ancient creative traditions? I think you have to improvise, right? You can only improvise with the resources that are available here in in Northwest Arkansas. And I think you'll see if you go to a birthday party, a Marshallese birthday party, you can see that they use like plastic or things, resources from Walmart that are uh, that weren't otherwise available in the island to kind of make that and um, and use that in their work. Uh, yeah, but it, when you Talking about the canoe, we actually, uh, we were able to uh, identify a family that actually donated the tree in Alpena, uh, and they, we act, our master carver actually uh, carved the canoe from scratch, from a, a tree, a tree log. Oh, wow. So that tree log, it was a tree log turned into a piece of art. And that was yeah. a project you guys did with the Shiloh Museum of yes. Art History, as I understand it? Yes, that was a project that we actually um I work on with uh, Shiloh Museum. It was a very great. Uh, it was it was a great uh, partnership, and what we learned from that experience was that uh, I was afraid when we started doing that project. I was afraid that the general community wouldn't be uh, receptive of that idea, but I saw a different thing. Uh, people were very very interested in learning, and I think that what make Northwest Arkansas interesting and very um, make it a good place to live is because you see people wanting to learn about your culture. It's not just shutting the doors. Okay, you you do your own culture, and I'll do my own. But we see a lot of folks that uh, come together and want to learn more. Awesome. Nelson, is there work being done to help develop business and creative leaders within some of the region's diverse communities? Well, absolutely. You know, I think we, um, as I mentioned before, having the diversity is growing and how do we make that inclusive uh, is, is a key objective for us. And that includes within the business community. So uh, we are trying uh, to make sure that uh, diversity of views, again, gender and racial are, are elevated uh, throughout different boards, uh, certainly with Northwest Arkansas Council members and with the board itself, uh, trying to figure out ways that we can do that. And also we're, we're taking on a significant uh, effort through the Chambers of Commerce in, in each community, uh, how that we can uh, elevate these uh, ideas and individuals uh, up through um, in the boards and smaller to medium-sized businesses. So uh, I think it's an issue of education, 
uh, awareness, and then having everyone understand uh, how this affects the region uh, and all. And so, so far we've had really good responses uh, in our education sessions, and uh, I think we're going to have uh, a lot of results over the next year, year and a half of of really elevating some of these younger, diverse leaders within the business community. Okay, and Allison, what are some of the national trends in art that are benefiting some of the small populations, such as the Marshallese? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a number of things happening. I, my expertise is more on the nonprofit side of arts and culture as opposed to the for-profit, um, which is is you know dealing with this in its own way. Um, on the nonprofit side, philanthropy, which has um, you know, since the inception of the nonprofit arts and culture sector, been supporting um, all these organizations across the country is really grappling with how to begin to support um, organizations that are led by people of color in communities of color in a different way. There has been um, much less resource going towards organizations led by folks of color in communities of color than Eurocentric or white organizations for a very long time. And so philanthropy is thinking a lot about that and is thinking about ways to be more transparent, more accessible, different ranges and kinds of support, how to bring people in more, as well as how to um, you know invest in leadership within philanthropy um, and within the philanthropy sector that understands the, the different um, kinds and forms of art that are happening. Separately, cities, um, and by that I really mean governments, are... Um, great sort of arbiters of resources that um, can be sort of distributed um, in the way that our demographics break out. So cities as as funders and as um, creators of opportunity for arts and culture nationally are playing a huge role in ensuring that arts and culture opportunities that are supported are mirroring the, the demographics of the of the place that they're in. Um, and so I'm very excited to bring some of that um, work here and to work with our cities to think about how they can strategically um, support and help to elevate the communities that we have. Just if I, if I could add to that, one of the reasons yeah. I think uh, Melissa mentioned it and what Alice mentioned about um, why this is in a place that's open to, to new ideas and a place that where we can see a lot of success in arts and culture is because uh, almost 60% of the people that live here were not born here. They come from other locations. And so in that regard, uh, this is a, for a smaller community, it's more like a big city. It's a bit of a melting pot where people from other places come and there are new ideas to be expressed. And because people are from other places, they're looking for ways to connect with their community and other populations. And so we need to do a better job making sure that everyone can be tied together and find their part of the community that works for them. Uh, but we do have uh, that mindset that so many people are from other places. They're not locked into one way of doing things. It's kind of that idea it's always been done that way so we're going to keep doing it that way so I think that really is a, a key part of what efforts like ours uh, while we can be successful in the work that we're doing. I think too I'll just add that you know we have a really rich number of organizations um, you know like Melissa's which are serving um, to bring together some of the communities that have come here more recently um, I'll just highlight Rave Cultural Foundation is serving the Indian and South Asian community, and Smooth Man Music is, is really working to develop um, African-American music forms and, and provide them to the community, and I could go on and on. So there's a, there's a really great um, bunch of sort of organizations and structures and humans and artists and creatives that, that are already here, and, and we're going to work together. Yeah. And is art a good vehicle for building awareness, affecting change within these areas? 
Oh, yes. I mean, I guess my favorite example of this at a broad scale is the Rock the Vote initiative, which, you know, is this massive international effort started by music producers um, when hip-hop and... um, and rap music was being censored to sort of bring people out to talk about folks' rights. And so what Rock the Vote has become is this nonpartisan entity that gets young populations out to contribute in our political sphere and has been massively successful in engaging youth in coming out to vote through music. Um, so I think, you know, arts certainly can be a very, why else are a bunch of people going to stand in a field and stare at a stage, right? So I think there's like this amazing <laughs> opportunity to utilize arts as a convening entity. Um, it's a way that people can enjoy one another, enjoy um, something. There's a lot of joy that comes out of it. And also, um, not all art has to be about evoking social change, but there is an entire discipline of art that's really prominent and getting increasing support in our country called social practice, which um, means that, you know, you are not a visual artist, you're not a dancer, you're not a theater artist. What you are is a person that is leading a community through a process, and there is a piece of art that is made at the end, but the process of, of going through this with a large community and, and sort of sourcing ideas and sourcing content and bringing folks together to do the thing is the art in and of itself. And so there's a, a little bit of that happening here, and I, I hope to help to elevate it more as a way of, of bringing folks together around topics for change, yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. Can you think of any examples of the social practice of art in the region that come to mind off the top of your head? In the region? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, just a couple of days ago, I was at, um, well, I won't do that one because it's actually not for the region. There's a, There are a number of practitioners that are here that are gathering. Um, Amber Paradin is a Springdale resident who often is working towards community engagement as her final goal and is bringing lots of different humans with really different perspectives and different art practices together to co-create something um, and has been doing so for years. Would, would you say, Allison, that I mean, just the idea of having these artists and events and moments, whether it's music or art galleries or convenings, it really helps establish the community of the place that's right. Uh, and so, that, I mean, to me, that is what is the most important as a non-artist, uh, having these places where people can come, see the canoe carved out of wood at the Shallow Museum, and learn and understand these different cultures that live right here amongst us. And so th- that's what's so key, I think, yes. to what the work Allison's going to do is we're going to bring more of that up yeah. and, and help uh, share that across the community in the region to bring us and tie us all together better. Yeah, it's what makes us unique, right? Like, what makes us unique? Why, why would people want to come here? How do we project ourselves out into the world? And it's all of the, the, all the different cultures and people that live here. And I think arts is one key way in which we show up with a clear sense of identity and place. Yeah. All right, great. Now, Nelson, is there any information you can share on just how influential the arts can be as an industry for affecting change? Well, uh, I mean... I would, I would answer that by using a couple of examples. Um, uh, if you look at uh, the growth trajectory of a couple of key southern cities over the last 20 years, arts and culture have been uh, key components of that. So if you look at Austin, Texas, uh, before it was a tech hub, it was the live music capital of the world. And so a lot of people uh, decided to relocate there personally or their companies there because it was a cool place to go. And so you can track... Uh, the economic growth of that place uh, uh, simply back to having a strong arts uh, scene and cultural scene. 
in many ways was uh, developed and promoted by the Chamber of Commerce and uh, leaders back then uh, to promote that. I don't think they foresaw what <laughs> where Austin was going to head in the future, but they really wanted to highlight and they supported uh, artists, you know, doing their craft there and giving them uh, venues and locations to, to do their to do their craft. Another example would be Nashville, uh, Tennessee. Uh, it has grown by leaps and bounds, one of the strongest economies in the country, and uh, you know it has had deeply seated in uh, the music culture uh, there as well. So those are two examples, and those, in addition to a job, people went there because there was a strong. Uh, arts and cultural scene that would tie people to the region. So those are two examples I use here in the region. Uh, we have um, a significant impact of our art scene. I don't think it's where it's going to be in the future, but um, you know we did a recent study study um, uh, of the nonprofit impact of our uh, uh, arts and cultural here and found that we had about 131 million dollar economic impact just from arts and culture here in the region. so, and that was nonprofit, not getting into the for-profit activities. So uh, we hope to have some more analysis to come out. So this is a this is a significant economic driver, in addition to the richness that it provides for people that live here. I've actually talked to several artists who've compared Northwest Arkansas to Austin, as far as potential as where it could go in, in terms of music. So that's yeah. uh, I appreciate your sharing that with us. Now, um, what do you feel are the next steps that we need to take as a community to continue that momentum? Well, I think Allison would be the best one to answer that. <laughs> she's been in communities. Why we're so happy to have Allison here is she's from communities that have seen yeah. this work. And so you always, just like in recruiting for the football team, you want to bring in the best talent uh, that you have that can show you and teach you and learn from lessons they've already learned. And so that's why Allison is going to bring a lot uh, to the table here. So. That's my segue. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Nelson. No pressure. Um, no, I mean, I, I think, you know, the focus of this organization will be both on the sim supply and demand side. And so I think while we're working to develop artists to provide both resources for artists to create new products so that this is a region that is known not only for its fantastic venues in which we can partake in arts and culture, but also where stuff is made and exported. Um, and then to develop you know, the audience so that folks that are looking for something to do on an evening or during the day are thinking about a broader swath of options that are available here, but maybe a little bit beneath the radar. Um, you know, I think working again closely with the cities to do fairly robust planning um, and, and come out with action plans where cities can be leaders um, in, in pushing in the direction that is identified by their constituents, um, whether it be investing in more spaces for art, investing in more festivals outside, investing in different kinds and types of public art, um, investing in housing for artists. There's so many different policy determinations that are on the table right now. And so I think in just a few years, making some of those decisions as a community and deciding what direction we're going to go and aligning resources to do it um, in a prioritized way will help us to move quickly. Yeah, and the city leaders have really embraced Allison and are, I think, anxious for her help and assistance. Am I wrong about that? Um, no, I'm, I'm very yeah. much enjoying working with yeah. folks. I think there's a huge opportunity with some of the design grants that have recently been made out of the Walton Family Foundation that are um, creating some new parks in the centers of most of our major towns here um, that all have pretty significant arts and culture infrastructure within them. And so there's a huge opportunity to think about how to activate those parks and, and what's needed at this moment and how each place can feel different and, and have something different on offer. 
So when we, we talk about affecting change, I'm curious, what are your guys' hopes for communities such as the Marshallese with these smaller growing populations that are kind of taking root here creatively in um, Northwest Arkansas? Where do you, what are your hopes for them in the future? Uh, my hope, uh, working with the community, uh, I don't, I, I like to do things, small steps first. I think we need to, and this goes to your point, Allison, of, uh, you know, to me, it's very important for uh, philanthropy to be involved, uh, very involved, and we would have never uh, be as strong as we are now without their support. And, and again, uh, attest to, to uh, Walton Foundations, who, you know, they, they're very, they are always on the phone with me, you know, what do you have coming up next? We're <laughs> interested in this. And I go, well, you know, I get about thousand phone calls uh, on, on Marshallese people wanting to know about Marshallese artists or the culture. So, hey, we need to think about a, a cultural center or things like that. Um, but to get there, I like to start with little small steps. You know, it doesn't take, you can't put out a flyer and say, artists invited, Marshallese um, uh, covers invited, and then expect people to show up. You have to build those relationships. To me, it's very different. I have to approach things a different way. I have to build those relationships with those covers and uh, weavers and singers and performers uh, it, it, to make them uh, feel like they have a safe place and to come out and from there we'll see where we're heading but yeah I would I'm, I'm very proud of to be to be part of this growth uh, and you know uh, intricacy of, of uh, implementing art uh, into that as well it has been tremendous and positive experience for me yeah, I have to say building those relationships within the Marshallese community became very significant for me working on the story. So I appreciate your speaking into that. Now, we're just about ready to get to the end of our time together today. So I just want to see, is there anything that you guys had hoped to share or touch upon that you haven't had a chance to speak into today? Uh, I, the only thing I would add, and this builds off what Melissa, what the question you asked her was, is what I really want to see from the Northwest Arkansas Council, the leadership of that organization is, is to have a community um, in a region uh, where uh, uh, communities like the Marshallese or an Indian community or, or you name it has an opportunity to do and be whatever they want to be and to be included in our larger uh, regional mix because that is what's going to make this a stronger, richer community and also more attractive uh, to other uh, potential employees down the line. And so. Uh, for we took we look at the lens through the lens of talent attraction, and that is a key part of all this work uh, for us. Right. I like Northwest Arkansas to be the model uh, for the entire Arkansas. I mean, I think we keep talking about we need we're we're becoming we were passing Little Rock, right? Uh, and and I would love for for this community to be uh, really the model for the entire. Uh, country, hopefully. And I think it's possible. I mean, the, the scale of aspiration is clearly evident, and so I think we're at a really exciting moment and threshold to be able to launch from. I think that's fantastic and a great way to, to close out today. Thank you all again for joining us today. I truly appreciate all you've shared and look forward to working and talking with all of you again in the future. We hope you'll join us for the future podcast for this diversity series in the days ahead. Future topics to be featured in the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette as part of this series include the region's immigrant population, the LGBTQ plus community, international art students, women in the arts, Native American art, and disabled artists. 
Thank you again for joining us today, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.